Welcome back to another episode of Her Daily Drive, a podcast series designed to inspire women to find their daily drive in Jesus. Hear a range of testimonies and conversations with women of all ages about their journey, the struggles and the triumphs. I'm your host, Sarah, and I hope today's episode encourages you. Let's get started. Today we're speaking to Lynn. She has an IT degree and is currently a secondary teacher at my school that I also teach at, so we're good friends and colleagues. So Lynn, a big welcome to her daily drive. To help us get to know you a little bit better, what are three things you're loving at the moment? Well, at the moment we've got some units that we're fixing up for Airbnb and I'm, I'm really loving doing that. I'm loving the fact that I wake up every morning to a lighter, brighter day and I can get out and do some exercise. And just waiting in anticipation to hear whether my son's got into his medicine degree or not. <laughs> That's awesome. Lynn, can you tell us a little bit about your journey so far? I was very, very fortunate to have grown up in South Africa in a community that was centered around the Methodist Church. Parents did not necessarily believe themselves, but they all sent their kids to Sunday school. The Sunday school was so big, and there was about 500 students from grade 1 to grade 12. And everybody, all the different schools, there were three little schools around, and all the children met on a Sunday at Sunday school. And we attended to the youth groups, and we all got confirmed. So my life really did start around Christ, and he was part of our everyday life, learning from the beginning. Christianity was the basis of the education system in South Africa, So it was embedded into all the state schools, and I went to a state school. We began each day with the daily prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and a Bible reading. And I was especially blessed at our school because 50% of our school was actually Jewish. It was in a very Jewish community, and this really allowed me to grow and develop a relationship with the Jewish people, which is really all about our own foundations as well. In year nine, I was asked by my school to attend a leadership camp, and I went with a friend of mine. It was like a survival camp, and it was out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And she was a Christian, and through her she led me to the Lord. And my life was spiritual from the very first day, and I found that I was very blessed through that whole experience. Although, as you know, I was very young at the time, and you do seem to stray, and life's ups and downs takes you on different paths. The one thing I know forever is that God has never left me through any time. I talk to him every single day. I find that as I drive in the car, I'm always saying thank you for little things. Thank you for this and thank you for that. It's not always about asking, but about just saying thank you. And I I always remember that if there's anything that I remember, it's always driving and saying thank you. Through the ups and the downs, I had a failed marriage. This brought its own tough times because he wasn't a Christian. Whenever I was feeling down or depressed, I'd always seek out the nearest church and go to a service and find refuge there and find my strength again and find comfort. And I made every effort to take my son to Sunday school because it was such a great part of my life and such an important part of my life. And I know that Christ never left me. And about a month after my actual divorce, I was regularly going back to church at that time. And I asked God to give me a very specific man if he ever was able to bless me again with another man. And this list was very specific to the, to the point that he had to be a sportsman, he had to be a, a businessman, he had to be able to take care of me and my son, and most of all, he had to be a man of God, somebody that could lead and be the head of my home in every godly way. Not long after that, 
My dad was in a shop where they'd sell classic cars because he had a passion for this. And he was introduced to this younger man. And they were chatting. And when he asked my dad what his surname was, or what his name was, he, he recognized the surname. And he asked if he was any relation to my brother or I. And in this, he found out that we actually went to school together and grew up together around this church. He was one of the elder leaders at the church in our youth group. My dad gave him my phone number, to which I was absolutely furious because at that time I just wanted to hide away and stay away out of life. He called me and we went out for, for dinner. And I think because of our connection with God and because of our, our long-standing relationship in terms of knowing where we came from, common friends, we had so much to talk about. And as I say, the rest is history. We've never been apart since. 15 years ago we met and 13 years we've been married. We attended a church near our home that we established as a married couple, and it was a new plant. This is where our real journey took off. We were very blessed in this church. As they say, this is where the story of my blessings begins. Lynn, what topic are you going to share with us today? I'm going to share about all the blessings and how to look and find blessings because I often believe that blessings are there for us to take. We just don't know where to find them. Why do you think it's important for us to recognize and take blessings in today's society? Life is so tough. There's always hardships in every single day. And if we only live the hardships, we forget what it is that God has to offer us and what God brings to our lives. And when you look for the blessings, you realize that the hardships are nothing because just the blessings is what the jewel is in life. Lynn, what experiences have you had with identifying or being blessed in your life? Well, at this little church that we started at, There was a congregation member who stood up and gave a sermon on tithing. And this was honestly the sermon that changed my life the most. He taught us about finances and tithing and the importance of things. And in Malachi 3.10 it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in in the ways, says the Lord. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. We have to look at and and see what these blessings really are. So my husband and I decided it was put on our heart and from that moment on we tithed. And boy, have we been on a roller coaster ride since then. Shortly after doing this, God has said, test me. Test how faithful I can be to you if you tithe. And so in honor of that, we began tithing no matter what. The first thing my husband does every single every single month before anything gets paid, he gives the tithes. And also we add teruma to that as well. That's I, I don't know if you understand. Teruma is what you give a blessing to your pastor. It's also a biblical thing. Shortly after we we started tithing, we actually started a business. Now, we started a business with a friend of mine who I've known and been friends with. She's been my very special friend for 32 years. We grew up together, bridesmaids to each other, etc., etc. But it wasn't long after everything started and we were starting to get successful, the rug was pulled out from underneath us, and she took us for everything that we had. We had put in our pension fund, which is like your um, superannuation, we had put, I'd cancelled and sold shares that I'd worked for while I was working in the corporate environment. We'd literally put in every cent that we could. She took, her, she took us and her brother for everything that we had. So we, we really were in a situation where I'd given up my career, my husband had given up his, and in South Africa for a man, a white male, to have at the age of over 40, there was no opportunities for us. So we were really in dire straits. But just before this happened, we had got a message from somebody at a church 
about being unequally yoked. That whole message never took anything or never meant anything until we look back on, the, to, you know, from today. Anyway, to cut a long story short, one could sit back and say, well, how can you think that God has blessed you? You've been tithing and he's taken every single thing from you. You know what? It was the beginning of the most beautiful experience of our lives. Within a month, my husband was working in Australia. He had been offered a job by the company that we used to export to here. He had already moved. My previous ex uh, employees had em employed me again and put me into a similar position, but on a consulting basis. We never went one month without a salary. My husband was already, had already moved overseas within a month, and he left me to sell up and face all the music with everything that was going on with my ex-partner. I had death threats. She had made up and, and just tried to dishonor us amongst our common friends. She even went so far as to fake a or forge a pathology report that uh, said that my husband and I had HIV, which would have destroyed our opportunity to get into Australia. But God had already put things into motion, and it was that exact letter that was that vindicated everything and proved to people that she was such a liar and, and all the things that she was getting up to because we went and we couldn't get into Australia if we had HIV. She went so far as to give it to my parents and to my brother and so we had to try and I had to try and smooth all this stuff out while my husband was overseas. So it was very, very trying times and I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have God in my life because he was just my rock. The people at church were my absolute supporters. And really, we felt that we were in a spiritual warfare of note because it could be nothing less than that. We'd been given a lot of word from various people right down from another, sort of a, a, another state where my sister lives. My niece sent us words. People within our church came up with prophecies and words, and they were really comforting. And two of the things that you want to do when you've been so hurt is seek revenge, and you want to just go fight and prove yourself. And God really said to us, walk away, I've got it. Some of the verses that came through for us was one of them was Proverbs twenty five twenty two, which says, "If your enemy is hungry, give them food to eat, and thirsty water to drink, for you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you." That was like something that really comforted me to know that it's not my point, you know. But she was going to end up with so, so many burning coals. It sounds terrible, but it was a comforting thought, and it was God's doing, not my doing. He wanted us to walk away. He wanted us to forgive. You know, there was another thing that came through in Romans 12, verse 9, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. We've got to leave things up. God has a plan for us. We just have to have faith and trust that it's all his. And my pastor at the time gave me a book about total forgiveness, and he asked me to read it, and that's where I learned what forgiveness really is. You can't take some of what God has for you and, and take it because it suits you. But where, when things get tough, you leave the other stuff behind. You've got to take it in total. And one of the things that is hard to do is to forgive in a situation like that. But it is a huge blessing when you can actually do that. Just before I left, I was attacked in South Africa. I had uh, two gunmen that came up to me and held a gun at my head and at my waist. And they stole all my beautiful diamonds, so I even lost that. It was almost like God had said, you know what? There's nothing here. It's gone. Material things are not what I have in store for you. Put them behind you and let's just move on. The next miracle happened when my husband said, that's it, you're getting on the next plane, our visas are in place, you need to come. We were four of us having to change a plane ticket. Now, I don't know if you've tried to ever change a plane ticket, even for one of you, never mind getting four or four spaces on, a, on an aeroplane that had been cancelled. 
The day that I phoned, within minutes of me phoning, four people had cancelled their, their tickets. Some people say that that's coincidence. For me, that's God's hand over everything and a blessing. The journey of, of all the miracles that I can tell you about. When we left South Africa, we sold our house within a month, and it was on average taking six months. We got double the value of our money, and it was enough that we needed to put a mortgage deposit down on the house here. We were able to get our 457 visa within a month, which normally takes up to years to try and organize that. We were here for a month. By April the next year, my husband had somehow managed to get permanent residency for us. When I got here, I knew that God had wanted me to, to step out of corporate and go back into teaching. Now, corporate is very lucrative, and IT especially is very lucrative. And when you haven't got anything, you kind of want to get the most that you can get. And it was my passion. God kept on steering me towards teaching. I just knew before I left that I had to look for a teaching position just to honor what God had done for us in our lives. And when I got here, every door closed. I asked Seek for help. They turned around and said, well, you haven't taught for 21 years. How are you ever going to get a job? But besides that, you need to get a Queensland teaching registration first. So I spoke to a friend of mine who had gone through the process. She said, oh, Lynn, you're not going to get this for four months, four to six months it's going to take. So I thought, no, God wants this for me. I know he wants this for me. So I'm going to put my application in, and I got it in two weeks. That's amazing. It's like miracles. Like yeah. You can't believe. And they said, no, you'll never find a job because no school will take you. You haven't taught. You haven't had in-classroom experience, and you'd have to do all this over and that over. By the time my children were well settled into the school that they, they went to, I thought, you know, I know that God wants me to be a teacher, and I'm not going to sit around and wait for it to fall in my lap. It's not going to happen. So I got in my car and I drove to every APS school on the Gold Coast and I gave my CV in. And one of the schools I gave my CV in was this school. Mm-hmm. And the next day I got a call from the principal to say, would I like to come in for an interview? It so transpired that the day I put my CV in, a teacher had walked out, a new teacher that was about to start had walked out. It was too far for her to travel. The combination of IT and business was so rare that they really knew that they were in a panic because it was for a year 12 and senior classes. And Kerry ran through and said, this lady just dropped her CV off and this is what she has, this is what she has. And they were all excited and I was brought in for an interview and I got the job. So I came in on the Thursday, Friday for an interview and I started teaching on the Tuesday of the new year. And if that's not a miracle, then I just don't know. (laughs) I'm going from the boardroom to the classroom after 21 years, within four days, no preparation, had no inclination of what the subject, you know, the syllabus was about, the school process was just really thrown into it. But of course, God had his hand over the whole thing. I could go on and on about all these things that I've been blessed with. I have lists and lists of them. What we fail to do sometimes is receive those blessings, see them for what they are, and thank God for them. Be grateful, show a grateful heart. You know what it's like if you give somebody a gift. And they love the gift, and they are so grateful for the gift. That blessing that you give to somebody wants to make you give it even more and more because it is a thrill, and God's no different. He loves spoiling us. He loves giving us things. He wants us to have the best of what he has to offer. And so that is how I see a blessing, that God wants us to enjoy the spoils of life. You can walk past every single one and not see it or not receive it. And God's saying, well, You keep asking, and I keep giving, but you just keep walking past. You know, we have to to really open our eyes to be able to see these little gifts. 
Lynn, what's God's perspective on us receiving his blessings? I think that as Christians, we're so hard on ourselves that we think that we don't deserve things. We know that we sin, and we sin every day, even though we're Christians. And I just think that that's, that's, what, that's where we're wrong, because I think God's perspective on, on it is that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be sinless to be able to receive his blessing. I think what he sees is our intent, our hearts. He sees our hearts, and, and he says, and one of my favorite verses that we always live by is Matthew 7. Ask and it shall be given to you. You know, and the next part of that that verse says, Seek and you will find. And it's an action that we have to take. It's not God just saying it's yours and you will know that you've got it. He's saying, Seek and you will find. So he's saying, I'm putting these things out, it's up to you. Take them, receive them, be grateful for them. And I think in us accepting that and being grateful for those things, he just keeps blessing us and he just keeps blessing us even more and more and more. And through your life, what has inspired you to kind of embrace these blessings and give blessings? Giving 10% or whatever the tithe is to God was explained to me in the way that, no, God gives you 90%. He only takes 10%. And that whole perspective changes so much in life. We try to bless as much as we can, you know. We are on our third property now, starting with having come here with nothing. Just the things that God has opened up for us. And we will never take without giving. Anything that we've used, instead of trying to sell, we believe that we will try and bless other people. You know, people in need, whether it's your time, whether it's finances, whether it's gifts, whatever it is, never be scared to give because God loves a cheerful giver. Before we finish today, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? Yes, I think that don't be hard on yourselves. Start appreciating the little things and saying thank you to God just for the little things. And you'll be amazed at that little bit of gratitude. He just thinks, she's seen it all. He's seen it. Here's more. Here's more. Because he wants to give us everything that he has. He wants us to have this beautiful life. And so don't worry about the bad things. We all go through them. It's not that life hasn't got its bad things. But seek those blessings because it changes your life. Lynn, thank you so much for chatting to us today on the podcast. It's great to be encouraged and inspired to find the blessings in each of our lives. So thank you. It's a pleasure. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.